everyone welcome back to the podcast this is our last episode of 2021 and as i look back on all this podcast has been and what a huge part of my year that it's been and a huge part of how god has worked in my life and grown me in 2021 is just really cool and exciting so i'm really excited to see how uh, it continues to grow and continues to share the good news um, in this next year But today on the podcast, we have Tabitha Taylor, who is a senior at FCU studying media communications and psychology. And today we're going to talk about doubting and questioning God. I will say before we start, there's a little bit of weird background noise at the beginning, so I apologize for that. But it's a really great episode, so let's get into it. Hey Tabitha, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today and being willing to share your story. Thanks for having me. So we met through Crew at FSU, which for those of you who don't know, um, Crew is a campus ministry and we actually get to serve on the same leadership team this year, which has been super awesome. Uh, And I know how much Crew means to you and how much it's helped you grow in your faith. So would you mind sharing how you got involved with Crew and how you've grown from it? Yeah, so um, just for some background, I um, grew up going to church. Um, I did all the things growing up. I was baptized as a baby, youth groups, camps, all the things that churches offer. Um, It was just an expectation and um, a norm in my household to go to church. Um, And so when I got to middle school, I got super involved in the youth group at my church. I was really connected to the leaders there and had great relationships with them, Um, but I wouldn't really say I had true community. I kind of struggled with um, friendships there, but I kept going because I really loved the leaders. Um, And then when I got to high school, I just kind of decided to stop going to youth group, so I detached myself from it. Um, But there was a plus side from that. I did get new friends in high school that were really, really great. Um, And one of those friends, my junior year, um, we got really close and I learned that her parents worked for Crew. And so that was the first time I heard of the organization. Um, And at that time in my life, I knew once I got to college that I wanted to reconnect with a Christian community or join something like a youth group at FSU. Um, And so I figured out that crew existed and I was a little bit familiar with it from my friend. Um, So when I got to FSU, I had every intention of ministry hopping like a lot of (laughs) students do. Um, But it just kind of happened that there was a friend I had from my childhood that knew about crew a little bit. And so we reconnected once we got to FSU. And so we went together um, and there was nothing really profound about crew like going didn't it wasn't like I walked in and I immediately felt like oh my gosh this is where I'm going to spend the next four years of my life Mm -hmm. um but when I look back it was super evident that God placed me there for a reason um and you asked how crew how I've grown from crew and it's really cliche but crew has changed my whole life really and it's really clear to me that God uses this movement on campus and uses it and he's just really used it and the people in it to change my heart and how much I know about him um yeah that's awesome one thing I love about the mission of crew is the emphasis on making disciples and just 
building up and mentoring and encouraging people in their own faith and helping them navigate what it even looks like to grow in your faith. And I really love how biblical it is and the examples that we have from um, Jesus's disciples. And the Bible doesn't say anything about being perfect or not struggling ourselves. And we see all over in the Gospels the disciples of Jesus himself struggling with various things. Um, Now, Jesus was the perfect one and his disciples were not. And as the disciples sought to be like Jesus, they also led others to be more like Jesus. And I think a lot of times leaders try to appear as though they're all good and they have it all together. Um, So people look at them and see perfection. And obviously that's super unrealistic and not what the Lord asks of us and not even what the disciples of Jesus himself were. Um, So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think that perfection is something that we all struggle with in one form or another. Um, So for me, like a lie that I sometimes find myself is believing is that everyone else is perfect and I'm the one that's somehow getting it wrong. Mm. Um, But obviously that's not true. And (laughs) I think it's almost funny how we just so often strive to act like we have it all together. Because when you look at the Bible, when you look at the disciples, beyond the story in the Bible of Jesus redeeming us. It's like one giant story made up of a bunch of people that are screwing up all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that we try to appear like we're perfect because God's word is telling us that we don't have to be, basically. Um, And beyond that, too, Jesus, when you read the Gospels, like he sought out the people that were outcasted because of their imperfection, because of their struggles. Um, And he often called out the people who were trying to um, appear to be perfect. So I think the more that you learn about Jesus, the more you learn about how imperfect you are. Um, And I say they go hand in hand. Like inevitably, if you learn about Jesus, you will learn about how imperfect you are. I think it's like a satisfaction guaranteed kind of thing. Um, And so in terms of leadership, I think obviously leadership comes with responsibility and um, people are looking up to you and that's important and has weight. But I think there is so much value in a leader that is honest about their imperfection, um, whatever it looks like. Because again, everyone is imperfect, even leaders. And I know for me, like, when I think back on leaders that have greatly impacted my life, um, a lot of the times the way that they did that was by being transparent about sin struggles they've had or um, when they're not perfect and where they're at with God, just being honest about it. Those um, conversations have been more impactful to me. Um, And so I think the more we strive to be perfect on our own, Um, we're giving ourselves more power and, um, you know, in Hebrews it says Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so if we are putting that power in our hands, we're not allowing Jesus to be the one to perfect us. Yeah. So that's so good. Imperfection is relatable and trying to appear like, oh, well, we're perfect because we're saved. Like that's not true and Mm -hmm. super unrelatable. So I really love that. Um, So we're going to talk about doubting and having questions today. And I think 
that's so good because we all doubt and we all have questions, but a lot of the times we don't want to show it, kind of like what we were just talking about. Um, and I've gotten to hear your story with doubting and how that came up in your life and how it played out in your faith journey. And I think it's really encouraging and relatable. So I was hoping that you could share just when you first started doubting and how that came up. Yeah, so um, again, just some background. Like I said, I grew up in the church and I was really fortunate with a really happy childhood. Um, I knew about Jesus from a really young age, from being in the church as a small child. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was super easy for me to accept Christianity and Jesus as the truth because I had no reason to believe otherwise. My circumstances were really good. And I think at a young age when you're being taught something, at least from my story, it was not something I needed to question. Um, It was just simply what I knew. Um, And then when I got to high school, this is where the doubts started for me. Um, And they were kind of catapulted by two events mixed together. Um, So the first one happened when I was, it was the end of eighth grade, I think when it happened. Um, I was walking home from school alone and there was a truck in the neighborhood at the time that was known to be on the lookout for. Um, Mm -hmm. I just tried suspicious things. um, And so I knew what this car looked like and basically the same car followed me home on a walk for a good chunk of my walk home. Um, and I mean, thankfully I was able to, there were, I was near enough to my house and there were neighbors that I'd never met, but they were outside on their porch. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to get to them, um, in time and they walked me home and were really kind. Um, and this event was traumatic in different ways. Um, and I don't think the effects were immediate. Um, over time, it came up more, and um, I found myself in um, anxiety and fear that it took me a while to realize was connected to this yeah. event. Um, so I mainly was just really anxious about my safety. I um, had panic attacks sometimes at home when I was alone. Um, really couldn't, like trust a lot of people and I um you know I'd be driving home and someone would like take the same turn as me and I like immediately thought I was being followed Mm. just a lot of anxiety about that um and so it took me a few years but my family and I decided that I should see a counselor about it and she basically not a formal diagnosis but told me I had a form of PTSD Mm. um and so we really just Um, walked through some of the irrational thought patterns I was having. Um, And for a while, I felt guilty because, you know, I was lucky. Nothing happened to me physically. Um, And obviously, like, some people are not that lucky. And it took, you know, my counselor telling me that I was still valid to feel the fear that I was feeling. Um. So that was the first one. And then the second one was the Pulse nightclub shooting in 2016. Mm. Um, If you don't remember, it was the biggest mass shooting in the United States at the time. Um, And it was in Orlando, which is where I'm from. And Mm. um, 
you know, born and raised there. And it was kind of, I mean, it was groundbreaking for me. And I, I think part of it was I was 16 when it happened. So I was kind of old enough to feel the weight of it. And then mixed with that, I was also like an Orlando native that was familiar and it was so close Mm -hmm. home. I think the club was 10 minutes from my house. Um, And especially being from Orlando, like if you um, are from there, you know, it was everywhere for a long time. You just couldn't really escape the loss for a while. Um, And this was just really sorrowful for me. And both of these events together created a lot of fear and anxiety um, and just overall confusion um, about my safety, about the world. There were just suddenly a lot of things opened to me and the world just looked super different because of these two things so this is how dark doubting started for me yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah. <laughs> um how did those doubts affect your walk with the lord throughout high school yeah so in summary um it kind of changed everything like i said my eyes were open to um the sin in the world and the foundation that i grew up on Um, the God that I believed was good, um, came into question. And from that, I basically just questioned God as a whole for the first time. Like, are you even real? Um, I just having those questions. Um, and yeah, like I said, just in basic terms, I saw the world differently. Um, and in my head at the time, there were two things I thought were true. One being a God that is good and all-powerful and all-loving. Mm-hmm. And then the other truth was that I am living in this painful and broken world. Um, mm-hmm. And how how do I put the two together is what I couldn't understand. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just a really tangible example of something I saw differently. Um, one of my favorite verses growing up was Psalm 91.4. And the last half of it says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. And I would read it and be like, I don't think this is true. Um, So I just kind of was questioning what I thought to be true for the first time. Um, And I talked about earlier how when I got to high school, I didn't um, stick with the youth group at my church. So though I had really great friends, I lacked Christian community for a while. And so because of that, I felt very alone with my questions. I didn't know where to go with them because I was too scared to ask anyone. It felt like almost like a secret, like I was a Christian and I, you know, this was part of my identity. But meanwhile, I had these really big questions about God. Mm. Um, And yeah, there's actually a funny story after the Las Vegas shooting that happened in 2017, I believe, mm-hmm. I was dealing with a lot of the same questions that yeah. started, and I had no idea who to ask my questions to, so I emailed the senior pastor at my church in Orlando, and <laughs> it's, like, a very large church, so I just, it's funny because I was, like, I'm going straight to the <laughs> source in a way, um, although awesome. not to the true source, but... I emailed him and he had a response and that was also like influential in my yeah, that's awesome. doubting journey. But, um, 
yeah, it was just funny that I had no idea who else to ask. So <laughs> I went to this guy that I super look up to. Um, but yeah, for a while, like I said, you know, though I looked up to the senior pastor a lot, he was, he's not the true source of the answers. Yeah. Um, God is. And it took me a while to realize that. And I didn't bring my questions to God for a long time because he was the very thing that I was questioning. Yeah. So it almost didn't seem like a possibility. Yeah. Um, and so just overall at that time in my life, it made me feel kind of stuck and super isolated. Like no one could relate to what I was feeling. Yeah. That's hard. Something that I was just studying with my Bible study is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And I'm just going to read verse 16 and 17. It says, The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I've read this passage like so many times, uh, but I've never caught the part where it says, some doubted. Like, these eleven disciples were the disciples of Jesus who followed him around literally wherever he went for three years. And they saw his miracles right in front of their eyes, and they saw him die and then rise from the dead three days later, and they doubted. So I just think that's like, I don't know, I think that's huge that those people who were right there are doubting, and we're here 2,000 years later, and we're like questioning, is it okay to doubt? Like, what does that look mm-hmm. like? So what do you think about how even those who were like right there with Jesus, who could see him, doubted, and what does that mean for us? Yeah, this is so good. I have also read the Great Commission a lot, and I've missed that little, those two little words, Mm. but some doubted, or I guess three words. (laughs) Um, I've totally missed that too, so I love that you brought this up. Um, I used to have this very same thought. I, um, when I was really struggling to believe that God and Jesus were true, um, I found myself really envying the people that um, got to walk next to him. Um, Because to me, I was like, wow, that must have been so easy for them. Like, they saw Jesus. They, there were people who saw him on the cross. There were people that saw him, you know, resurrected. Like, how, of course they would believe. And here I am in a silly, gross, broken world. And I have to fight against that in order to believe him. Um, So I really identified with this thought process and then when you read the new testament for yourself you realize that jesus was doubted all the time Mm -hmm. um and yeah just like the scripture you read says his disciples these were his squad of people and they doubted him too um and when you think about it i think we would react would have reacted similarly um at least i would have thinking of the things Jesus was saying and the miracles he was performing, if someone was doing that now, I too would be like, what? Like, who does this guy think he is kind of thing? Yeah. Um, So yeah, and I think when we look at this passage, it tells us a lot about our nature, which is um, kind of this idea that we were never meant to understand God in full. Mm. Um, It's not possible to understand him in his vastness. And I think going back to what we talked about earlier in terms of perfection, like I think the more we learn about God and who he is, we realize how small we are and that he's 
just so has no bounds and we are restricted in a lot of ways um and yeah so I think that's just something that it's part of the way God made us um and we go to the same church in Tallahassee and our pastor has talked about this a few times I think he borrowed it from a theologian, so I'm now borrowing it from him as well. But it's called the already not yet. Um, and this basically means we are already experiencing the Lord on this side of eternity, but have not yet gotten to be with him in the fullest, which is yeah. when we reunite with him in heaven. And there's a sort of tension between that, almost like a one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Um, and I think because we live in that in-between doubts and questions come out um you know our world and the world we'll get with jesus are two very different things and we are kind of stuck in this in between um and so through that we have to put our faith in him instead of what we see in the world and that can be really hard because we're living in this reality um so yeah i think all that to say um it's just part of how we were created and like the moment we're in now um and yeah yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about that like I think there is something to be said about our God and how we just aren't going to understand everything on this side of heaven because he's God and we're not and he wouldn't be much of an infinite God if our little finite minds could understand everything and comprehend it all like it makes sense that we do have questions So how have you learned to accept your doubting and questioning? Yeah, so kind of like we've been talking about, I think having questions and walking with Jesus are a package deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just said, there is this very fundamental difference between God and us, which is he is perfect and we are not. Yeah. And with that come you know, comes a huge set of all these things that make us different. Um, And like you said, you use the words um, finite and infinite, and I like those words a lot. Um, I think with that, there are lots of places in the Bible that talk about God being unsearchable or unfathomable. Um, One of them is Psalm 145, verse 3. It says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. So in this verse alone, we're being called to praise his greatness, even though we can't fully understand it or search it to its full. Um, And so naturally, there are things that we aren't going to understand because we are not all powerful or all knowing like God is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny that I think we're literally called grasshoppers in the Bible Mm -hmm. in comparison to God. So if even just that visual of, like, a grasshopper and then however you picture God, like, just think of how different those two things are. Yeah. Um, there's also, these verses are so good. Um, in Isaiah 55, I'm going to read these two verses. Um, they say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, mm-hmm. declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, so God is spelling it out pretty clearly here that we aren't going to understand everything about him. Yeah. Um, and this is not an easy thing to comprehend. Um, it's sometimes frustrating and it's hard. Um, and still is, it can be 
you know, it's the same way, like, when you can't nail down a concept, like, in math, and you get frustrated. Yeah. Um, I think that's a natural part right. of the process as well. Um, and like I said, it's it's a high calling to praise a God who is really great and then is also telling you that you won't know it in the fullest. Yeah. Um, and so in the time that I was asking a lot of questions about God um, and why he would let things like the pulse attack happen to people, mm-hmm. um, I think the answers that I was getting at the time was um, a lot about how sin exists in our world. Um, yeah. Kind of the classic, like, why do bad things happen to good people? I think the answer that a lot of Christians will tell you is about sin in the world. And this is frustrating and it's painful and it's not an answer that, you know, satisfies everything. Yeah. Um, but the good news is that God did not abandon us in that sorrow. Um And yeah, like we read earlier in the Great Commission, right after the verses that you read about doubting, Jesus says that he will be with us always um, Mm -hmm. to the very end of the age. So, you know, in Matthew, his parting words to his disciples are um, that he'll be with us forever. And so though these things are really hard, he doesn't leave us there. Um, And I think, too, there is beauty in the fact that we won't ever on this side of eternity reach a point where we know everything about God. Um, I think it makes it fun in a way. (laughs) Um, And as much as it's hard, it's also cool to have a God that we can learn about until we meet him face to face. Um, And I think it's cool too that um, it's not a mistake that we are beings that ask questions god created us to be inquirers to be curious to have our own minds and to learn um and yeah i think you know just think about even being a student like when you learn things you have questions it's just a natural part of walking with christ yeah i love that i think it totally makes sense that we would have questions because if you think about it Literally all of what Jesus has done for us doesn't make any sense. Like, he left his comfortable throne and place in heaven to become a human being and then not only just be a human, but to come as a baby Mm -hmm. and not as just a baby who was born in a comfortable hospital in the 21st century. Like, he was born in a barn. Mm -hmm. And then he lived the perfect life and then willingly suffered and died for our sins and not only did he die for us, he died for us in a time when capital punishment was the most brutal that it's ever been and ever will be. Like, he hung on a cross for us. Mm. And then he rose from the dead. Like, all of these things don't make a whole lot of sense to us, and yeah. they shouldn't. Like, we won't be able to fully comprehend God's heart and love for us. And I think that's really beautiful. So mm. how do you rest in knowing that? while there are things that we can't understand, we can still trust him and his goodness. Mm. Yeah, there is a lot that I could (laughs) say here. Um, One thing that gives me rest when I'm questioning is knowing that God is not surprised by my questions. Um, Like I said earlier, it took me a while to bring my questions to God, which was ultimately silly when you think about it, because he already knew what I was thinking. It's like I was hiding in a corner being like, oh, I don't want God to know about this, but he already does. Um, And 
there are lots of places in the Bible that tell us just the depths um, with which God knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, and <clears throat> a verse that really got me through my initial season of doubting was John sixteen thirty three. Um, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Jesus talking. And so he's asking us to trust him despite what the world is presenting us with, yeah. despite the tribulation. Um, and yeah, like you just so wonderfully spelled out for us, um, Jesus overcame sin by dying on the cross. Yeah. Um, and I think too, he says so much in just those two little words, take heart. Um, I kind of picture like this guard over my heart and protecting it. And it kind of implies protection from something. So an active fight against the world. Um, he's telling us that the world is going to be hard, but knowing that on the other side of it all, we get him. Um, and so in this verse alone, Jesus kind of acknowledges the two truths that I had a hard time reconciling those being the broken world and that being really hard but that God is good and he already overcame it um and like you just said this doesn't make a lot of sense it's really hard to grasp and I think it's so otherworldly that our brains just sometimes have a hard time grasping it altogether um but I think when you ask God your questions and lay your doubts at his feet he's faithful to answering them in one way or another um and it doesn't always look like what you want it to or what you expect it to um for me a lot of those questions initially did not just get a simple answer um I did and still do often wish that I could just kind of call God like a friend on the phone and be like hey this is confusing answer this for me Um, But it just doesn't work that way. Um, And so I think when we do ask him our questions, God is really honored by that. And I think he uses our times of doubt in great ways. Um, I know for me, like when I think back on the initial thoughts I had and doubts, um, it created this intimacy with God and Mm -hmm. and honesty that I didn't have before. Yeah. And I think he wants this of us. Like he already, like I said, he already knows anyway what we're thinking of. And um, so I think when we offer that to him, he is honored and will use that. Um, And there's in John 15, um, that's where Jesus is talking about abiding. He talks about pruning, how often um, like a vine dresser will prune its trees and from the pruning more fruit will come out of it um and so I think for me even though my seasons of doubting are difficult um I think for my life the Lord really prunes me in those seasons and I think the same can be said for anyone who's listening like your seasons of doubt will bring fruit even though you might not see it um and so when you asked me earlier about how my doubts affected my walk with God in high school, at the time I could only feel negative things, um, negative impacts. But in hindsight, it's clear that God used it in a lot of ways. And it's funny, I think a lot of life works out that way. Yeah. Um, 
for me, it really allowed me to get into the word for myself. Um, I think my knowledge of the Bible at that time was just from being in church or, um, you know, things I heard, but it was really kind of the first time I picked up my Bible and was like, I'm confused. I'm going to read this. Um, and through that, I learned the person of Jesus on my own. Um, I think it's a really beautiful thing, especially for people who grew up in the church to kind of have this moment where you realize I'm going to work out my faith for myself, not just rely on what the church has told me. Um, and another way it impacted my walk with God in a good way was it allowed me to start being very honest with God. And it's a continual process. I have to remind myself still that it's okay to be honest with him. Um, you know, I've had sleepless nights that kind of look like groaning to the Lord, praying to the Lord, um, and knowing that he still like listens and loves you anyway is, um, really crazy. (laughs) And then I think God used these hard things in my life to understand the gospel, to learn about Jesus being the bridge between the broken world and his goodness, God's goodness. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. So the last question I'll ask you, um, as I ask everyone is what advice would you give to someone who's struggling with big questions or doubts, but still desiring to have faith and to believe? Yeah. I feel like I have so much advice that could have been its own podcast episode, but, um, (laughs) the first two things I'll say it's definitely the highest pieces of advice I could give um, but these are also answers to probably any issue you might be having <laughs> um, and so the first one is read your bible um, I know this is like probably obvious um, but think about the weight of the bible like this is our primary document of yeah. God's words to us um, and not only will it help you with your doubts, but it'll benefit you in more ways than one. Um, And it's not always going to answer your question super clearly. Um, It's not like Google where you can just (laughs) type in a question and it'll spit back an answer. Um, But God will use your time in the word in Mm. um, more ways than one. Um, I went to one of the retreats I went to in college. Um, There was a speaker there that talked about she kind of coined this term called truth bombs, Mm -hmm. which is kind of these um, verses or scriptures that you remind yourself of when Satan is trying to get you to believe a lie. Um, And yeah, for me, John 16, 33 was, and still is kind of my truth bomb when I'm deep in doubt. Um, So arm yourself with the word, um, find verses that give you peace and assurance and pray through them when you're questioning. I think there are a lot of psalms, too, that you can pray through um, where someone else is giving words to what you might be feeling. Um, And just a little disclaimer with that, as much as we talked about God being unsearchable and not always understandable, um, Jesus was God in human flesh. So he is someone that we get to know and as we live and until the day we die, like we will continue getting to know him, getting to learn about him. Um, And Jesus is really well acquainted with our experiences. He's not 
unattainable or untangible. Um, so that's my first piece of advice. The second one is community. Um, <laughs> this, again, it's like, I feel like a piece of advice for anything. Yeah. Um, but God works so clearly through community. For me, um, reconnecting with Christian community when I got to college brought answers to a lot of my doubts in an indirect way. Yeah. So while God was not on the other line of my phone answering all my questions, he gave me a community that loves and uplifts me. Yeah. And by that love, I get to know Christ more. Um, and I think, too, being in community, it just gives you access to um, a space to work through your questions. Um, so don't be afraid to ask them. Um, I think for a while I was afraid to, but yeah. more likely than not, there is someone that has experienced what you're experiencing or question the same thing that you are. Um, And I think it's cool that we all have different backgrounds and experiences and we get to share that with each other. Um, And the last piece of advice I would say, it's not really as much advice as it is just a truth bomb. (laughs) Um, But I really just want to make it clear, like if you hear nothing from this podcast episode, like hear that, it's okay to have doubts. You are not kicked out of the kingdom the second that you question God for the first time. I know for me, the first time I heard that it was okay to have doubts as a Christian, I was floored. Like, I remember where I was. I remember who told me. It was just Mm. really mind-blowing to me. So I really want people to hear that. Um, And beyond the fact that it's okay to doubt, know that God delights in you. Um, Mm. Delight could be a whole separate thing that I could talk about for a long time. Um, But this delight was kind of my word of 2020 and something I explored a lot. And, you know, just in summary, it was basically the idea that God is happy and pleased with me, even when I'm doubting, aka kind of beefing with God, like he still (laughs) delights in me. Um, And that was just a really crazy concept to me at the time um my church back home the pastor did a sermon talking about how god is pleased with us and he included this tish warren quote that i wanted to read because i think it's really good um she says when jesus died for his people he knew me by name in the particularity of this day christ did not redeem my life theoretically or abstractly the life that i dreamed of living or the life ideally i should be living He knew I'd be in today just as it is, in my home where it stands, in my relationships with their specific beauty and brokenness, in my particular sins and struggles. Mm. Um, And so I think that spells it out really beautifully that Jesus died for you today, even when you are questioning him. Um, So I just want people to hear that God is not mad at you or caught off guard by questions you have. Um, And he still is pleased with you and that's really crazy but (laughs) um a good truth to hold on to yeah that's awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today it was so awesome to get to talk to you thanks and to get to have you on thank you thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed our conversation if you did please share with a friend and head over to apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a review Hope you have a great week.